0: you for tuning into the podcast with milo and the Bull, hosted by myself anna personal trainer and coach at milo here on this podcast i will be chatting to guests from the fitness health and lifestyle industries whilst we're out on a plod around south london for those of you unsure by the term plod this means any form of run or jog or even a walk The podcast aims to keep you company whilst you are getting out and about during lockdown 2.0, perhaps also on your run or plod or even walk and share with you the fitness related stories of our guests and hopefully provide some key takeouts and tips to help you on your own health and fitness journey each week. Enjoy listening. In this episode, I ventured out of South London for this plod and met up in Hyde Park with Will Hudson, mastermind and runner behind the 1000km journey, which you may have seen on Instagram. I'm meeting with Will to chat about his amazing challenge of running 33.3km a day for 30 days of lockdown, which actually now is one extra day, 31, to raise money for Crisis UK and help refugees choose love campaign. We talk about the challenge, the significance of the 33.3km distance, the reason for embarking on the challenge, and many associated topics that Will is using this opportunity to raise awareness of. We talk about how he has managed through the last 24 days, some top tips for conquering challenges, and his future running goals. I have to admit, this felt a relatively pacey plod for podcasting, so please excuse a bit of breathlessness, sniffles, and a stumble of my words. Enjoy listening Hi, guys. So I am
1: out in Hyde Park, not quite South London, but we have ventured up here, so I've just met up with um, Will Hudson, who um, some of you and not even I knew until today, um, have, who is um, part of amazing cause. Um, which I will let him tell you about, called uh, a thousand-kilometer journey, um, which is incredible. And there's a lot that goes into it. He um, is already 80. Oh, I'm sorry, my Garmin yet either. Yeah. He's already 18 kilometers into his run today, which is your 25th of 31 it is. It is. It today. It yeah. um, it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Um, and of his 33.3-kilometer journey that he's doing today around Hyde Park. So you've already ran 24, 33 kilometers in the last 24 days, but Will, I will let you now explain what you are up to, um, the wider context of, uh, the 33.3 and obviously the 1,000 kilometer journey
2: whilst you guide us yeah. through the park. <laughs> I'm trying, to, trying to guide. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's an idea, um, of basically revolving around, um, the length of the channel, um, Rachel is, and that's the the English Channel. So that's the English Channel. Yeah, yeah. so the, the Dover Strait, which connects yeah UK to France, basically the distance, um, and it all kind of revolves around that. And there's been a lot of news recently with a few deaths um, of people trying to make the crossing.
1: Yeah,
2: um, and that was very much that's been the case for really since heavily in 2016, but it's been going on for, yeah. for decades before. Um, the UK is quite unique in that being an island, it's separated from um, the the rest of continental Europe, and that's kind of provided a natural barrier to people being able to get across. Um, So I think, for me, the idea revolved around why the UK isn't necessarily the most welcoming place for refugees to come, but yet it's such a desirable place for them to come. Um, So 33 k is the distance.
1: So that's the distance from Dover to Calais, Calais, right? yeah, Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's the
1: most common... Um, part of the channel that refugees um, that it's, are coming from like exactly, yeah. war-torn zones, they kind of settle in Calais, but then that's the sort of uh, the, the main path, 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 pathway, I guess, pathway yeah. um, of entry it, into the UK. on
2: a ship or on a train, or and that's kind of under hidden in vans, like it's yeah, and it's a it's a dangerous route. Or ultimately, it's them trying to get across on uh, dinghies and unsafe boats. Um, so the idea revolved around that. 33k and i thought running is kind of something which i've loved for yeah quite a few years um and
1: initially I, did you think sorry to interrupt did you were you just planning on doing maybe was the initial idea just one 33.3 kilometer
2: no i kind of dreamed dream big from the start dream big. i thought <laughs> i thought um 30 30 33ks would be a good challenge um yeah adds up to 900 well it's 33.3 so it adds up to 999 um kilometers um yeah. which i thought was a great number um so the plan I, I had this like um i don't know a year ago maybe thought of this idea and then thought i could use um a month so maybe do like the month of november yeah to do it um but then lockdown happened and as I say I've been talking about it for a year and Rachel's yep. like just do it I'm actually currently I was made redundant um oh sorry yeah well no so all, all so
1: that things. happened a month ago so actually that, that was probably quite a good trigger for you well exactly if you've been working
2: throughout the whole part of the rest of the year it had and it's one of those things where I've been applying for jobs kind of mindlessly and I lost a bit of structure in my days and this kind of provided a good challenge and motivator and whatnot to uh to, uh basically put my mind to something positive yeah um so it takes up obviously it's about three hours of running a day and
1: what well, i was going to say actually and evening. we'll talk about your running towards the end of the podcast will's pretty incredible runner if you haven't followed him yet on Strava or you haven't followed his instagram you should have a look but pretty much every single one of your 33.3 kilometers has been consistent for time yeah. <laughs> around yeah, two hours 50 yeah. 457
2: there's been um yeah. There's been no target pace or time of just yeah. literally run for what's comfortable, but, um, yeah, they've all kind of ended up being similar-ish. Um, Amazing. Been nice, but um, yeah. we'll,
1: we'll talk about like your motivations and running and how you manage to do it every single day without falling to pieces. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think the main thing that I'm keen to speak to you about today is you're doing this incredible challenge. Okay to cover 33.3 kilometers, the same distance as the most common part of the UK channel where refugees come into the UK and you said, obviously it's a big barrier, um, the English channel. Can you tell us a little bit more about the two charities that you're doing, um, that you're supporting for? So you've got Crisis, which is a UK based charity, and then Choose Love, which was rebranded from Help Refugees.
2: Uh, yeah, so, well, help refugees is actually the charity, and then Choose Love is more like their slogan, um, yeah. which they, which they do, but yeah, so, as I say, the idea stem from the channel and the journey that refugees have yeah. to make, um, and then that led me on to, obviously, I wanted to then, I was kind of thinking of maybe a refugee charity would be a good option for that, Choose Love yeah. is one which, um, Rach, who is my girlfriend, who is around and has done a lot of runs with me and a lot of yeah. the organization, and also a very strong runner, I think. And yeah, a yeah, very good runner. She's um, she's been kind of instrumental, and over the last few years, we've kind of had quite a lot of involvement with Shoes Love. They have an amazing shop on Carnaby Street or kind of changes location. Yeah. But the whole idea is that you buy a present for someone, but the gift is actually you're giving,
1: yeah.
2: a gift to someone like a refugee who's in uh need of yeah. some sort of aid. Um, So it's kind of a gift of giving, and they have
1: their online shop as well, don't they? they? I think they've been doing a bit of um, kind of conversation around that recently.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that was the first charity, and then the second charity. What sort of just
1: before we move on to the second? What sort of items and stuff um, can you buy? Tangible (laughs) items that are just basic necessities, which is crazy, but can you list a few of those off?
2: So it's things like it can be as simple as like a school backpack for a child, or it could be a blanket. A um, or shoes. a tent, or a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all items which I guess most people would take for granted, and
1: yeah, they'd be on like your back to school list. Exactly,
2: but totally. for refugees, it can be kind of life-saving, yeah. life-changing items. Um, so that was very much uh, help refugees was kind of a an obvious choice for us. They were they're just a charity that we've really admired for the last yeah. um, couple of years, um, and then yeah, the idea of crisis is kind of um, revolved more around uh, kind of come into more prevalence during lockdown. Yeah, and of course. I guess I feel very lucky that during lockdown one I was went back home and lived with my parents and I had just one of those things which you, I guess, take for granted.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and uh, yeah, I felt, I felt just lucky to be at home. And it, it makes you then realise that people are homeless in the, in the UK. Yeah. Number one, they didn't have a home in the first place but then now the streets of London, or especially in the first lockdown, the streets of London were empty. and yeah. You think that actually their um, survival is, is so much trickier in today's age. And then the work that crisis do um, within London and, and the UK is just, yeah, second to none in terms of helping out the homeless. Um, so, yeah, it all kind of played on the idea of the home yeah. and whether it's a refugee being forced to flee their home whether it's a um, homeless person who unfortunately doesn't have a home for various reasons, yeah, um, it's the idea of them building back to a more stable life, effectively, yeah. Um, no. So that's kind of where the idea grew from, and then they were the reasons kind of for choosing,
1: yeah. And do you know? So, with the money, I can't remember exactly, is it around five grand you've made so far? Uh,
2: it's now over six and a, bit, so and a
1: bit.
2: I've actually, it's not yet come in, but. I've got a very kind um, anonymous donation coming in for 5,000 pounds, which actually does actually push it over the target. That's
1: incredible, that's Um, such positive news. And so what I was gonna say is, do you know, do you have any tangible sort of ideas of what what that money is gonna exactly go towards? So
2: Choose Love um, Help Refugees, it very much goes to the um, immediate things that need attention. So you don't necessarily know at this point but yeah. it could be, um, it could be that there's a boat that's sunk out in the mm-hmm. in the channel, and it needs immediate um, attention from the coast guards, and the money yeah. could go towards that. So, no, from a perspective of that. But have
1: um, you had any contact with anyone from the charities to yes. kind of share with them that you're doing this, and yeah. then potentially you can have a bit more involvement to have an understanding of, of what it will go towards? Because yeah. it'd be quite amazing to see that full circle of. What this challenge has gone on to to help you achieve yeah, for those
2: charities. 100%. I th- I'm sure after the, once the money's gone to them, we'll definitely be able to find out where of course, where yeah. the money's gone. But knowing beforehand is a bit more a bit more difficult. Yeah. The great thing about both charities is that they're um super transparent. Um, they're very they're both efficient charities in terms of their giving. Um, and yeah, they 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 don't really they're just a very economical charity in terms of there's not much wasted your money going yep. into internal uses and um yeah so hopefully and then crisis uh, is very much um in a christmas appeal at the moment so they're working on um getting as many homeless people um fed and sheltered yes. over the christmas festive period so that's I, I i don't know exactly if that's where the money's yeah. going but that's their big initiative at the moment um so,
1: and that's cause that's one thing I was going to ask you is there'll be a lot of people, um, who won't listen to this, who might listen to this, who have, who, you know, who feel similar and as much the same as you do, but you know, maybe haven't got the ability to, you know, go out and raise money for, for such, in such a kind of challenging way that you are doing. What are some kind of, I guess let's go for maybe five, three, three to five. That's kind of what I say to people, simple things that people can potentially do, um, to action and, and, help with these causes. So for instance, one I'm thinking is obviously at around Christmas time, like feeding homeless and going, helping out the shelters, just providing a conversation, just chatting to someone. Can you just give a few top tips of what we can do? Just small actionable sort of changes to things that we can do to kind of be a little bit more helpful and a little bit more considerate and try and make change together.
2: For sure. So I guess, and the first big one probably is, um, it's just more as we're all locking down and lockdown is such a big word of 2020. Yeah. I think it's quite key just to, um, you know, reach out to, to those who you see who are clearly in distress, whether it's being homeless or whether it's, um, often there are a lot of refugees who get arrive in the UK and then are then homeless. Um, so there's a big crossover, but it's, it's just providing conversation really having a chat stopping it's not about giving money or aid it's not giving potentially your time or just a conversation just to some kindness yeah, some companionship. exactly and it's um it's something which um i found often they are so grateful for as well because they it's about just having a, a human interaction which i think yeah. is so important and you've got to remember these people um I'll just
1: Yeah. Choose well, day day. it resonates with me. What choose love? I think even is in their most recent Instagram post. It's like, you know, it's complete chance where you're born, and it's complete luck how you're born, yeah. and then it's up to you to choose your direction and to choose love as the way to kind of dictate your life. Exactly. Um, is that what sort of led to them kind of taking on this campaign of choose love and channeling that real? Like sure. mantra and ethos,
2: and I think yeah, the to kind of choose love, be kind kind of mantra is exactly yeah. what kind of this challenge is is about. I've, tr- I mean, I don't know how many people have looked at the account, but it's very much trying to provide a, uh, I don't know, a like overscope. It's not just about these two charities; it's about the whole world that we're living in. and I've tried to raise issues over other things as well which have nothing to do yeah. with the charity but are just big issues at the moment and I guess that's what it is it's raising more awareness and it is funds I don't I don't want to be Yes
1: because lots of what you're sort of talking about on your Instagram is like the wider picture of it all it's not just Yeah I'm running this every single day.
2: Exactly, and I, I don't donate wanna, to
1: this cause.
2: Exactly, I don't. Uh, so the last thing I want to come across is like preachy and.
1: Yeah, and what are the, um, some of the things that you've like wanted to kind of tell in your story? I guess other than obviously you're doing the run and so, help you raise money.
2: Yeah, so um, I've had for the last like nine years. I've had like an affiliation with MenCap, which is a charity which does a lot of work with disabled kids, um, and I saw. On the first week that I did this, there was a, a guy in America who has Down syndrome who completed an Ironman, which wow. I was... Oh, oh sorry.
1: sorry. <laughs> I was... Um, Gliding. <laughs> I, I
2: spent a lot of last year training for an Ironman. I know how much dedication and work goes into it, and I'm just blown away that um, not only did he um, complete an Ironman, he like, was well under the time limit. Yeah. Was, and it's just such an inspirational story. So things like that, I just like to try light on an amazing achievement of someone who's faced kind of severe kind of disabilities yeah. growing up. Um, obviously, the last weekend has been Black Friday and I did a post yesterday which is yes. very much... Um, I wanted to talk to you about this actually. Yeah, well, we, I mean, well, do you want to come on to it later or...?
1: No, talk, talk about it now. So, I think it's very important.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, it, once again, Rach is great on my content, content manager. <laughs> she's a good inspiration for coming up for ideas for... Posts, but it was very much revolved around Black Friday, is a very Consumeristic kind of idea. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and I'm not saying people should, shouldn't spend money, but they should be conscious of where they're spending their money. And there's places like Boohoo and Pretty Little Things exactly. that are selling clothing for 99% off, which is.
1: And disposable clothing because, yeah, you know, it's those one-wear-once, throw-away items that yeah. aren't going to live with you for a lifetime.
2: Exactly. And it just goes into landfill, and it's, well, if that ends up in the sea, it goes. Yep. So I think um, we. Um, it's difficult
1: because obviously for some people, that's the only place they can shop. Um, you know, if, if for affordability reasons, you know those sorts of brands that offer cheaper clothing, cheaper alternatives. For some people, it's you know massively important, but it's just when. You know it, it's kind of like you said, taking to the extreme buying tons of clothing, yeah, for no real reason, and need, or
2: exactly. And there's a lot of businesses right now that do need support. And you should be, if you do have an income which you can spend, should be spending it on these kind of small businesses that, yeah, have struggled in the last six months or year, really. Um, yeah. so I think, and then the message is then as well, things like choose love, you can buy stuff for other people on the day like this. Choose Love would be running a. Kind of they were basically doubling your money if you donated to them in the last um yeah about this weekend basically so I mean all things like that I just think it's just choose kind of love actually worse.
1: say I think or was it Cry Crisis one of them on their Instagram has three real action points how on social media you can sort of help and it's donate it's share an illustration or tag friends yeah um and one thing I wanted to mention was the illustration side of things, because you've been run drawing, I don't know what you call it, yeah. lots of illustrations on Strava. Yeah. But artist and creativity and illustrations seems to provide quite a big, um, I don't know, symbolic, but I'm not sure what the symbol is, but symbolic kind of crossover between the two charities. Are you able to shed a little bit more light on on artistry and creativity and why that's so important for both
2: of them yeah so i think it's um it's all about spreading the message as as far and wide and i think people associate imagery sometimes a lot better than kind of words or or content and i think my 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 of drawings have been um, (laughs) basic at best but i've just really tried to keep people engaged and um, entertained by kind of the idea but i think yeah it's um it but i mean so what, what sorry what was the
1: so i was just wondered what the kind of reasoning was really behind both the charities sort of focusing on supporting illustrations to kind uh, of spread yeah. their message
2: yeah so that, i mean that's a huge part of um choose lovers choose love's approach is that yeah that message as kind of you Mentioned at the beginning, the charity is Help Refugees, but Choose Love is what they're kind of synonymous with now. Yeah. And I think that that for them has been huge in spreading the message. And you touched on it earlier about it's all about showing that kindness and that love to to anyone and everyone. Everyone's human, and it's about kind of just making a a difference as such yeah um, and I guess
1: the positivity you can draw from things like artwork
2: exactly can kind of
1: draw people together
2: exactly so um yeah it's I, and then with Christ. I guess it's um it all, it all yeah it's I don't really know I <laughs> can't actually think there, that it'll
1: be interesting to look into and find out I just noticed because that's one of the things that they suggest doing yeah it's sharing an illustration with a friend but maybe they mean um like, I was to share an illustration with you. So, kind of what you're doing with your yeah. Strava pictures. Yeah. It's sharing and love and well, building unity yeah. and inclusion.
2: I think running can be quite, like, a lot of people aren't runners and don't really associate themselves as runners. And I wouldn't really, I love running, but I wouldn't really, I don't know, I wouldn't really call myself a runner. But, yeah. Um, so, that's an interesting point. The idea of, the idea of like running a shape. Is yeah. beyond running and then it engages people on a different level. It's not just about running, it's about you yeah. know, showing some sort of.
1: And actually, maybe it will inspire more running. people to do something similar.
2: Well, yeah, I've had a few friends have reached out, and I've got a, a great friend from uni who sent me a message kind of two weeks ago being like, just ran my first run oh, wow. in like four years. Um, he was like, if you can do 33, I can do. At least five and then very proudly the next week he then sent me another message and I just did run number two and things like that it's just yeah. like yeah. so have you had many like, stories of
1: people sharing other experiences with you or I don't know opening up through conversation as a result of seeing what you're doing yeah so
2: a few yeah so that story is one and then yeah another is just on on a Monday when you're in your regular year not so much this year but uh, Rach and I do a running club called One Track which is run yeah. by a guy called Ant- Anthony you, Fletcher who's yes. Just a massive legend and all round nice guy and he when we're on our way back we always pass um waitrose which is um uh, no sorry we always pass passy park yeah there's a guy called luca who's always always there and he's like uh an italian an italian guy who moved over to the uk 20 years ago he's a professionally trained uh, trained chef and he's um Ended up in the last couple of years going through some quite tough times and then ended up homeless. But he's an artist and he, his illustrations are like honestly some of the most incredible illustrations on the of like Battersea Park, of Battersea Gate, wow. and there's things like that. Which is those kind of interactions have been hugely like moving um, in terms of providing like a motivational story for me to continue yeah. running. And he he benefited last year from. Crisis's work, and he uh, was part of their Christmas appeal, and he was housed over Christmas and had oh, like amazing. a Christmas meal with friends.
1: Um, Have you had a chance to tell him about what you're doing? So I
2: did, yeah. So on kind of the first week, I bumped into him um, and I had a chat, and he was yeah, he was. he's kind of told me a lot about his um, his appeal. I mean, he was sadly looking for money that night to try and find shelter in Kennington host, uh, Hostel. Yeah. Um, so he was trying to get 16 pounds together. Um, but yeah, he's... Um, Gosh. It's one of those things where it's tough because you want to help as much as you can, but um, at the same time, I'm not in a position, sadly, where I can, I can help on my own. I'm hoping by what I'm doing is kind of um, yeah, spreading in absolutely.
1: That and him knowing that will help him have confidence and just... Speaking to someone like you I think will be empowering for him anyway. Yeah
2: I think um, yeah he I think more than anything he just appreciated the time that kind of he took to have a have a conversation with him.
1: So going back to Luca then in an instance like that where he's desperately looking for money to get into sleep for the night what happens like how does he get that money? Who's you know able to give that to him and if not where does he end up? Does he just end up then asleep? Yeah. On the
2: streets. Yeah, very much so. So he sleeps, he sleeps rough. He for probably about five times a week. Seven, um, six. But it can it can vary, and as you say, some people might be able to give sixteen pounds. Some people might be able to give some food, but it varies for him that night. And I guess that lack of stability and the unknown is what is yeah. frightening, and it's where charities like Crisis can kind of step in because it's not just about providing a bed and food. about kind of building rebuilding them into a sustainable lifestyle which they can then so it's helping to create
1: opportunities yeah then they can be responsible for their own lifestyles (laughs) not dependent and reliant on that one person giving you that money to get in somewhere for the night
2: yeah exactly so
1: so what sort of um projects do you know of any that they have in place to help with that around london um to help with sort of facilitating like skills or bringing their own existing because a lot of people Point up homeless are very skilled individuals like Luca. What, what, are, what is crisis able to do in that instance of kind of facilitating potential employment or training or education? Well,
2: it's exactly, it's exactly that. It's kind of providing that kind of life coaching, I guess, in a, in a way of giving them advice, giving them kind of a stable environment, whether it's a, a place to come into during the day so they can talk about what their aspirations are, what their Kind of current situation is, um, and yeah, I think it's it all slowly builds, and over time, you hope that um, the work that crisis have done, which they yeah. have done on many occasions, brings people back to a more, um, yeah, kind of stable life, I guess, in in essence. Um, but yeah, they've got, I mean, all round London, you probably have seen crisis shops. They've got um, shops and offices where, um, I mean, they're effectively just. Yep. Your, your charity shop where they raise funds through selling various items. Yep. Um, but yeah, the wor- I mean, the work that they do with individuals is, it goes beyond just kind of uh, just getting them, yeah, a night, one night uh, off yep. the street. It, it's, it's about building them back into a,
1: yep.
2: yeah, a lifestyle which they can then go forward on, project and then Definitely. hopefully be... Um, mm. Yeah. In a position where they can eventually give back. So.
1: And just on the fact, obviously you're currently in it, like looking for jobs yourself. Yeah. You work in property. Um, got maybe done a month ago. Well obviously everyone's issues are all relative, right? To the, world to the one, the close circumference you live in, but that's, you know, stressful for you and I'm guessing your mental health, but you're seeking kind of a rehabilitative, like I mean. sense of purpose through what you're doing right now. Have you kind of felt at any point what you're doing could lead to something in your own career?
2: Uh, i like to think so. I think, I mean, stemming back from uh, Newcastle Uni, I was doing sociology and I've always had quite a deep interest in people and And society, yeah, yeah, exactly. You said that
1: your parents are not, um, uh, sort of like, English.
2: No, so mum, well, yeah, my dad's an Aussie and mum's half Chinese and half English. Were you born in England? I was born in England, my brother and sister were born in Australia, um, yeah. which I'm not allowed to forget. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's. Um, <laughs> I guess I've always had, yeah, I, I want to understand culture and yeah. um, societies and communities. Um, and I think that's probably where my interest is really based. And the hope is that in time I can come t- combine property with that. So yeah. whether it's some sort of social housing or whether it's um, some sort of asset management job for homes that Ooh. refugees uh, <laughs> um, live in. There's a, yeah, there, there's scope for yeah. it. So, the dream would be trying to combine the two. Yeah. Um, but
1: your girlfriend, Rachel, she's a teacher and she also goes over to, is it, she goes over to Africa to help out with her school there.
2: Yes, so Rachel's... Is that
1: part uh, of her job was that volunteering?
2: That's all volunteering. So, yeah. she's, um she's a big giver. She's oh, obviously obviously yeah as i mentioned she's a she's a teacher but yeah. she's um also works for or is on the board of a charity called hsk which is harambe school kenya amazing and, um, and they are an incredible charity that kind of fund uh five schools out in kenya um in the rift valley and yeah she goes out about well this year it's so it was once this year but usually once or twice a year um, to go and help with the running of the schools basically. only
1: once this year because of the pandemic yeah
2: so she managed. She okay. went out in February but um, obviously this year since then it's been a bit and what sort of work
1: is she doing running. when she goes out on these trips
2: so it'll be kind of the managing of the teachers who are then yep. running the schools um, but a lot of the money goes into funding a new toilet or a new classroom yep. or a, um, but yeah five schools out there so the work is, is pretty varied but, um, have you
1: been before with her
2: uh, we were meant to go in July,
1: oh,
2: um, but I'm
1: sure you'll rearrange that for next year. I'm hoping that's the plan. Good. I mean, I've
2: been, there's been every re- one reason or another. That I just know I haven't quite got out there, but yeah, the plan is to hopefully go asap.
1: Yeah, incredible. And speaking of Kenya, on your Instagram, you posted um, the on-running documentary, uh, which yes. is on YouTube, about the athlete refugee team that went to the Rio Olympics um, from Karuma Camp in Kenya. Exactly. Um, and it's interesting because there's a lot of amazing stories the guy the guy guy who ends up running away in Germany um, pre-competing for the Olympics I think yeah. and then they speak to him about his experience and you know it's like the guy questions him did you do you regret not going to the Olympics and he's like well no I regret kind of saving my life I, I don't regret not saving like having yeah. saved my life yeah. I did it for my life yeah. and um, obviously kind of a lot of the, the story in this documentary is about, um, how incredible naturally these refugees are at running. But what's interesting is that in our culture, running's very much about like weight loss and speed and, yeah. you know, competing yeah. and, um, trying to look aesthetic, which, yeah. okay, for some reasons is great. But then in what kind of, you get out with this documentary is that running for them is like survival. Exactly. And they like, in, become incredible runners out of the need to have to use it as their power as their purpose yeah. not as a reason like we do to maybe like clear our head or I don't know lose a few pounds yeah, um, exactly. what are your thoughts on, on that and the story and obviously you've watched it I don't know if you would well, shed a little bit more information on it yeah, I think for it's, those listening
2: it's hugely powerful it's, um, there's been millions of people worldwide who have been displaced and they don't have what they consider a home or a home country or a nation to represent. There's like
1: 69 million refugees, yeah.
2: Exactly, and they're elite sports people that have come from South Sudan and been basically forced out of their country, and not by choice, they would love to represent their country at the Olympics but they've been forced out for one reason or another Um, and they don't have a country to represent and the whole idea of the Olympic refugee team was that there is a growing number of people that don't have this ability to represent yeah. their nation and this gives them their platform. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just, uh, yeah, it's an amazing documentary and I really recommend that kind of everyone checks it.
1: And what's incredible is they, these athletes just go and compete with such little experience in potentially that sport, but have such kind of commendable confidence and tenacity to sort of just do it, um, which I found like absolutely incredible um and i can't remember the guy that's the coach that comes from sweden but his investment in them but his structure and his like we're doing this how we would do this in any country this is we're not just saying that you're symbolic right now we're coaching you to be athletes and i love that he makes it like the normality
2: yeah
1: he brings it back to the normal he's not trying to you know, make them seem like these symbolic people that are like representing this awful crisis. It's no, actually they're a nation and they're really amazing at their sport and we're going to train them properly, give them the opportunities. We're going to give them races to go to. Yeah. I don't know. Just found that
2: amazing. Exactly that. Um, it's just, such a unique story um and it's it's one of the positives that we're seeing kind of in the in the world at the moment as you say they're not being used as a symbol they are the best of the best in the world yeah but they are now being given a platform where they can represent what they can consider a nation or or at least a team which they've been lacking so yeah it's it's an incredible um kind of hour and a half documentary yeah i think it's free on youtube i'm so, so glad
1: you you know pointed out on your instagram because I found it amazing. I've still got a little bit left to watch. But for anyone listening, do go and check it out. You can find the link on Will's Instagram or just type into Google On Running, the refugee athlete team. Um, Yeah, it's incredible. Um, On Running, are they quite an ethical, sustainable brand?
2: Yeah, so I think they, they always have been. I actually don't think they're now associated with the refugee team. I believe it's now. Um... I think maybe ASICs, who are okay. the team sponsor, but everything they do, um, they've kind of produced to the, to the highest quality. Yeah. And they've now, they've just thought they're releasing. It um, sounds like I'm sponsored by On. I, I don't even wear on shoes. <laughs> I do like them I actually brand, think like I'm
1: getting one pair for my birthday. next yeah.
2: Friday. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And they sort of just, they're releasing a shoe, which is a subscription shoe. And the idea is that it's made from 100% Recycled materials. Oh wow, that's great! You can use it for two or three months, send it back to them, and they'll send you a new pair. And that's kind of—it's a new concept, which is, um, which honour pushing and things like yeah. that. They're a very ethically driven. There's company, a lot of company, and I think you kind of have to be. In that. Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, maybe not. Well, obviously, like, <laughs> Tom's have always been born and bred out of kind of social responsibility, and yeah. um, they were born out of a social enterprise. Um, but New Balance—I've always had New Balance shoes—and they're doing an amazing recycling scheme at the moment where you get money off buying your next pair and the shoes go on to be made into playgrounds or use, the parts are used for other shoes Um, because yeah, running does need to become a bit more sustainable it's quite easy just to get roped into buying
2: lots of the kit. Oh yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you go to, you only have to go to one race and you see how many t-shirts are piling out and it's Things like that, which I think. Well, they now actually give you the
1: option, don't they? They
2: do. And I think it's becoming more prevalent everywhere. Well, it is just in society, full stop. But I think in running as well, that people are willing to pay to be more.
1: Yeah. Whether
2: it's buying better equipment or whether it's buying more sustainably um, sourced clothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it is all now kind of very much coming into
1: everyday life. So um, actually, good point there. Speaking of racing and yourself. Yeah. You, um, you obviously did not Ironman. man, yeah. you're obviously an amazing runner. How you are getting through 33 or so kilometers a day. I am absolutely in awe of. Can you tell me a bit more detail about the last 25 days from a running point of view yeah. and your body yeah. and how you've managed it. Can you give me the full load down? I want to know, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, running the last I don't know four or five years has been quite a big part of just everyday life. I like yeah. to go out and run anyway. Um 33K a k is obviously a bit more than than the usual but um yeah it's it's for me the last maybe, maybe week has been the body's oddly felt better than it did at the beginning. Wow. I think it's got used to it and it's very much... I think the whole thing has been very much a mental game. Yes. I've had a few niggles which have kind of... Just kind of pushed the back of my mind. Yes. And, um, yeah, it, now I'm, I don't say, I'm not saying that I'm not tired because that would definitely be a lie. Yeah. I do feel as though I will, yeah, I'll finish this and I will want to then think of the next big challenge of such quite, quite quickly after. Yes. I mean, it'll be a strange thing to stop because it's been literally such a big part of my life for the last month. So,
1: and it'd be interesting to see, obviously I'm not trying to stop you from, you know, using a challenge to kind of raise money for an incredible cause and raise awareness. But it would be interesting to see, you know, how much the purpose of the amazing cause has helped to really keep you mentally going and be that kind of facilitator and pushing you through those dark points. Because if you were to set yourself, let's say, so I'm actually recording with the founder of ultra X, next week. He went to Newcastle. Um, and hoping to talk to him about like really getting out of your comfort zone and that sort of thing. But like, you know, they do their five day races in like Mexico and in the Jordan desert. And it would be good. It'd be interesting and empowering for you to see what's that motivator that would kind of push you through. Do you have any, do you have any like idea of what would be the thing that would kind of help you get through dark moments you know when you Um, don't necessarily have this to keep you going
2: well i think that's exactly it it could be it could be it could be something like this so it could be running for a cause which i think is it's the motivation behind that is huge the power that that has to to make you continue is massive but i've done a few runs on during this and like the first 10k are kind of always fine the second 10k kind of just drift by and you're kind of in that weird daisy state and then the last kind of 10k are are definitely the tough ones and it's simple things it's like
1: and sometimes you're recording the podcast well, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah why it's, not it's um it's sometimes like having i don't know uh company like having you here and having previously rachel i've had a few people obviously always socially distanced but i've had a few people kind of join in and that makes the power that has of just having a chat yeah. just makes the kilometers go by extremely quickly um
1: well yeah i mean have we, how many loops have we done this is our fourth or
2: third. Yeah, I think it's the beginning of third. Um, and you wouldn't even really realise it. No, because <laughs> um, we've just been busy. Exactly, and then that kind of stemming on from that, it, it just, you don't even need the, the company. I've had like people leave voice notes, and I'll be mid-run, I'll be twenty-five k in, getting tired, and then you listen to a voice note, and suddenly you're you elated, and you feel yeah. you feel good. I've
1: got it, a present for you, actually. <laughs> I just remembered.
2: Sorry,
1: it's a gel. Oh, I don't know if you like them, milkies. but they're literally the only ones Short. I ever have.
2: Uh, go <laughs> juice, There's
1: no caffeine that. in it,
2: go <laughs> which
1: I find better. Thank you.
2: Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I think it's just those mental positive switches that it can literally be something as simple as having a conversation, speaking to someone on the phone, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and I think I was running around actually. The pond that's just going past on my right, which is the, the round pond in Hyde Park in Kensington yeah. Gardens. And I was doing 52 laps because,
1: yes, that's the my, pond that you did. The yeah, wow,
2: in my head, I kind of thought that'd be quite funny for the Strava art. That you know, 52 laps of a pond, um, whether or not it was funny, I, <laughs> I, I, I think it was very impressive. Um, but that was hugely like a mental game because it does get repetitive and it does get, yeah, um, kind of. Drawn out
1: what's been um, your most favorite route that you've done
2: oh well, I did an elephant a few days ago which I think it's uh it's probably the most impressive one I've done whether or not it's I think the most impressive
1: favourite. one was the L from uh, yeah, Northcote Road that
2: was probably the least enjoyable <laughs> um, although that was amazing because <laughs> I was kind of working out where I'd been and where I hadn't been and the time on that I mean I don't usually listen to music when I run but Uh, On that, I didn't even notice that I wasn't listening because I was literally just concentrating on left, right, left, right, So do you listen to music
1: then when you're on
2: your own? No, not normally, but for this kind of challenge, I have started. Yeah. um, Just because three hours is kind of a pretty long time just to be with your own thoughts. Yeah. Luckily, I'm, on the whole, a very positive guy, so I'm quite good at getting out of those negative spins. You can sometimes find yourself in a run or just in life, but on a run when you're kind of I don't know towards the end of a run you can feel your legs are hurting you've got a few niggles yeah. and you're like oh your feet feel a bit numb your feet feel numb I'm quite good at being able to you're craving
1: a lemon fanta. Mental- yeah
2: exactly <laughs> I'm able to um kind of mentally switch to a better place and just get through them so yeah I mean it's one of those things from day one with this challenge I knew, I didn't know whether my body would be able to handle it, but I knew that I would finish it. So yeah. whether that was walking for 33k a day or whether it was running. And luckily it's, my body has held up and I've been trying to be as sensible as I can doing 33k a day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been... Um,
1: have you had any sort of like ice baths or salt baths or uh, foam rolling sessions?
2: So I'm a big, big bath fan. Um, I haven't I'm yet to have an ice bath. There's been a lot of icing um, but I read on like the first week that Bath is like bathing is not good for your, your body. Oh really? Because it can inflame your, if you have something, which is slightly.
1: Yes. It, it builds then, more heat. Exactly. The and it can
2: then inflame it and then make it swell more. So, and that was actually one article that I read that. I mean, there's lots it, of it was, it was hearsay to, around
1: ice and heat. Yeah, exactly. You kind of just find what's right for you. I think. Exactly.
2: But it was enough to put me off. Maybe just go, so I have had a few. But, it's, um, and then what yeah. about what
1: are you eating? Um
2: like oddly not, not um not much more. Um I guess portion size is probably slightly bigger, but I'm not eating like different meals. Yeah.
1: And,
2: but and you'll get you you're feeling
1: yourself and, before you head out.
2: Yeah, yeah. So on most days. On the early runs probably not. But, What's um, the
1: earliest run been?
2: Uh about five forty five. Wow. Um managed to get out quite early in... Run along the Tens and talking of the sunrise. And it was, oh. Yeah, quite quite a nice run. And I think potentially this week there might be some early ones So Yeah, it's uh, but it's all good. I mean, I'm loving running for the for the causes, um, and I'm lucky that I enjoy my running as well. So it's, yeah, it hasn't felt like a.
1: Well, it's very empowering and it's impressive to see. For kind of the people that are listening, do you have some key will tips on sort of prepping yourself for a big challenge like this you know scalable challenge because some people running 5k a day might be a big thing yeah um but three kind of yeah scalable tips i guess
2: guess, yeah i guess the first one is it's it's very much a mental mental game so it's about staying positive it's about having a can-do attitude um i think the moment you start to doubt yourself or think oh maybe i'll push this runner back a little later or I think those doubts will, will slowly consume. So you've just got to go in with the positive. And that, as you say, that doesn't matter if you're running 5k a day. It doesn't matter if you're running 5k a week.
1: It's that I can it's do this the, attitude. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's, I will get get this done, not kind of, oh, I might get it done. Or, um, so I think that's kind of been key.
1: And you might see refuge in like you have Rachel, who yeah. I guess is there sometimes to be that facilitator in your positivity. Yeah. So it might be worth, you know, seeking a housemate, another half, a family member. Exactly, wholesome um, thing.
2: And the yeah, the power that that can provide is is huge. Um, so that's probably number one. Um, number two, God, I guess it's um, it's just yeah, enjoy being outside. It doesn't really matter whether what the challenge that you're doing is based inside. I think it's important just to get out every day. Yeah. Um, it's obviously harder in lockdown and. We're lucky here in the UK that our lockdown has been. We've always had the ability to go outside and be able to yeah. enjoy, like a park. Some places in Europe and obviously China were in, couldn't leave their house. Yeah. Which is the I thought know, of that is, is unbearable. But I think the power of just being outside is huge. And
1: do you think planning your route has helped that? Um, so having a route to plan, knowing your maybe offering a bit of creativity, that provides a bit of enjoyment on the run because you're like, oh, that's the thing I've marked off. Yeah,
2: definitely. I, I, de- I mean, it definitely works both ways. Sometimes sometimes planning the route can be a little bit stressful and looking at your phone and yeah. trying to like make sure you're sticking to it. Um, but then, yeah, exactly that. Sometimes it, it provides the perfect motivation to maybe distract you from the running a bit and yeah. take your mind onto more, the more creative side of... yeah, I recognise this or this is a nice part of London or I mean I've covered now a fair bit of of London it's been um, yeah it's just true Londoner such a good city
1: yeah (laughs) and what would be your third one then? Um, these are really great
2: tips by the way loving them I mean I don't know how how great they are number three um, I guess it's about just being sensible and listening to listening to your body there's obviously as much as I can say the moment you doubt yourself but if you do have anything which you think is a serious injury or you don't want to push through because that is where you end up, yeah. you'll be sitting out a lot longer yeah. by forcing through something. So um, a sense of realism really. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a mountain challenge which you feel um, is doable, but at the same time not going to damage you yeah. in the long run. Um, and I guess there was a bit of unknown with this because it is a long distance and I do love my running, so it's not necessarily... Um, yeah, it, I could have been a bit over ambitious, but I like did to you that now. It's, yeah, it's, it's the end is in sight, I guess. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's pushing you on. Oh, uh, yeah, for That's sure. your positivity. <laughs> You'll miss it, though, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, did you do any sort of strength prep in preparation for this challenge, or did you just seek positivity in the fact you're like, no, nope, I know I can do <laughs> it, I can run?
2: Well, no, um, I mean, as I mentioned, like, I do run most most days yeah um, but over lockdown i guess one of the few positives is that and i'm not i do advocate stretching because i think it makes a huge difference yes pre kind of pre-lockdown i wasn't great at doing much yeah. other exercise other than you know the occasional hit class or yeah. or, or running basically um, but lockdown provided like the enjoyment of pilates and discovering discovering that so Although I haven't really done it during this challenge, because
0: You're for, me, yeah,
2: for me it's more, I find it is, yeah, strength and conditioning, so it's, yeah, I don't want to tire my muscles out more.
1: Yeah, no, um, completely. But I felt as though
2: they built a pretty good base. Your so.
1: recovery is your strength and conditioning in a way. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
2: Um, so, yeah, I guess that's been quite a nice addition in 2020, is that I now take Pilates as a bit more seriously. And, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's brilliant and really, news.
2: yeah, helped.
1: Oh, good. So for 2021, then, what's the next big Will Hudson challenge?
2: Uh, I don't know. I've mentioned to a few people that I'm, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> I keep the, um, I keep the challenges kind of mixed and I'm, I want to get a 5K PB. I want to get a marathon PB. I want to run along Hadrian's Wall, which is 135K. Like there's a lot, yes. there's no continuity or like there's nothing similar about those challenges. But there's a lot, and I want to do them, and I'm sure at some point I will do them. But, uh, yeah, I guess the time scale doesn't really matter. I could do them in 10 yep. years' time. I could do them next year. But, um, yeah, I think I might have to put down the long distance for at least December and maybe yeah. focus on a bit more speed work that's been lacking in the last.
1: Get yourself out to the track at Bastie Park. I think so, yeah. A um, good weather day. Yeah. Refueled.
2: Yeah. and
1: When you know the track, when you know the route, when it's flat, good weather. (laughs) Exactly. You'll Um,
2: smash it. So that's it. I think, yeah, 2021 will be, uh, hopefully a, a good year on the running front. I think there's, uh, yeah, a lot to be positive about at the moment. So, um, we'll see.
1: Amazing. Oh, well, Will, I think we've reached an epic point where I will leave you to finish the remaining how many do you think
2: you've got? About 5K. Remaining
1: 5K. <laughs> Not too bad. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. You're an inspiration to so many people. And I'll make sure that at the end of this podcast, excuse, at the end of this podcast, I'll um, share how people can donate to you and Amazing. seek you out and follow you. And please keep me updated with how it all goes. I
2: will. I will. Well, thank you so much for reaching yeah, out. It's, uh, it's been lovely.
0: What an inspiring, informative and important conversation with Will. I was impressed not just by the relentless nature of his challenge, but more so by his determination to raise awareness for those in need of basic communities, better opportunities and a home. We talk about the small actions we can all do to help contribute to a better life for others, even down to just dedicating a little bit of time to one person in need. We discuss some of the wider topics he has been sharing through the Instagram account and through his challenge, with the help of his girlfriend, Rachel. Will has an impressive resilience when it comes to running and appears to have cruised through the miles, which is amazing. He provides some scalable top tips on how to get yourself through running challenges. I look forward to hearing in the new year if Will accomplishes his goal of beating his 5k PB, which I later found out is pretty impressive. He actually sent me a voice note on one of his runs the next day, which I wanted to share with you.
2: Hello, we're just finishing run number 26, so I'll tie it in here. Um, 5K PB is 16.50. Um, Marathon AIM is 2.45. Secretly it's 2.40, but I think 2.45 is probably more realistic. And my half PB is one fifteen oh four, which, it's really annoying because, as we said, slightly over that 150 mark. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for yesterday. I really loved it. i um, been chatting with someone today and it just ended up being such a topic of discussion. Such a fun thing to do. So thank you very much. Um, speak soon. Bye-bye.
0: I am sure we will see him take on many more tremendous challenges in 2021 and achieve these goals. Good luck, Will. If you feel any of what you have listened to has touched you today and you would like to know more, please reach out to Will, myself or one of the charities mentioned as we would love to hear from you. Equally, if you would like to donate to Will's cause, his donation page is uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash 1000 journey. Thank you. Next week, we will hear from Sam Heward founder of ultra x and we will be talking about putting yourself out of your comfort zone more on endurance challenges and lots about the ones that ultra x host all across the world thank you guys for listening to the podcast we hope this was the perfect companion on your run jog walk or rest today and we do hope you tune in for more if you have any questions at all, or you know anyone you would like to put forward as a guest for this podcast, then please get in touch via Instagram, either to at Milo and the Ball or at award underscore PT. Happy plodding.